Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie, our weekly look ahead to the biggest events of the Sporting Weekend in association with Labrooks. Now, Sporting Weekend, as they come, we kind of say this a lot since the lockdown, but it's not the biggest Sporting Weekend of all time, so on and so forth. But it is a pretty big one this weekend. We've all got to, a lot of us will have uh, Dublin and Mayo in the All-Ireland Football Final on our minds tomorrow. Also on Sunday, the ladies final between Dublin and Cork. There's lots of Premier League. There's lots of there's darts. There's everything. But it's also a massive weekend of rugby because there is four Irish provinces uh, in action in the European Champions Cup, the second round of the competition. And three of them are on in a row tomorrow. So it's a veritable feast of rugby, Stephen Ferris, uh, that we are looking forward to tomorrow afternoon especially. Yeah, it is indeed. Uh, Pro 14 trophy behind me, but it's Heineken Cup rugby this weekend. And um, a couple of big games. I think that the mouth-watering clash between Munster and Claremont is certainly the pick of the games for the weekend. I'm, I'm really excited about that one. Um, but yeah, it's you know I think it's slightly disappointing um, that a few of the teams, even last week and again this week, specifically Seal last week uh, uh, and Gloucester, not feeling particularly strong sides. Um, and again this week, a couple of teams resting players and I know the Gallagher Premiership means so much to to those teams but you know as a former player playing in the in the European Cup or the Heineken Cup as it was back then now the Champions Cup you know it was everything that was the pinnacle of, of playing club rugby was to play in the European stages um, so yeah I think you know COVID related no crowds the competition has been shortened um, has added uh, or sorry, taken away a lot, I think, for, for a number of teams. But hopefully we're in for a real treat of some entertaining rugby. And, of course, it all starts with, with Leinster tomorrow. Definitely, yeah. And it is, I think, frustrating for the fans. And I think, imagine, for a lot of the teams as well. I do want to take it seriously. But I suppose by week three now, with it only being a four-week tournament, so when they come back after Christmas, hopefully it will be weeded out the serious players from the non-serious and we'll kind of know what games to watch. But two games that won't be happening, unfortunately, due to a kind of a COVID outbreak in Exeter. Exeter to lose, which, I mean for rugby fans, regardless of uh, supporting interest, would have been just such a brilliant game to watch. And Glasgow and Leon as well going. And like the worst part about this is they're not postponed. Their results are going to the, the match result resolution committee, which is not who we want deciding games of rugby. I'm not sure I'm complaining about this. There's not really many options out there. Uh, it's not anybody's fault necessarily, but it's a pain in the arse. It's a pain in the backside. And... The way the Autumn Nations Cup come into things, um, the Six Nations is just around the corner. You know, there's just no room to fit these fixtures in. And I think, you know, the, the team that's got the most positive tests of COVID really are going to take the flack. Yeah, that seems to be the way it's going to go. So if you have 10 COVID um, positive tests, then, you know, and the other team that you're supposed to play have zero, then the other team are going to get the four or five points, whatever it may be. Yeah, that, that's the way the route that seems to be going down. Um, I know all teams are trying to stay in their specific bubble. Um, the Irish lads done that very, very well throughout the Autumn Nations Cup. Um, so there is an element of personal responsibility for the players when they go back to their clubs or the lads that are already there to make sure and, and distance themselves as much as possible from you know COVID-19. But Nick, you and I both know it. That's very difficult. We're hearing day in, day out of, of different people, different teams, um, throughout the whole world of sport picking up COVID-19 so yeah it's uh, 
it's disappointing, but that's the way it goes. I think we probably could have predicted this, you know, six, eight, ten weeks ago um, when the, the start of the European Cup was, was announced and the fixtures that were uh, in the schedule. So, yeah, disappointing, but we've just got to rock on. Yeah, and again, when it's only a four, like, team, four, I don't know, four match pool, it's very hard to, <laughs> to explain uh, in one sentence because of the way it's separated. But, you know, Exeter lose that as a home game to Toulouse suddenly they're in trouble and it's just it just makes things very difficult but like there are, there are all the irish games are going ahead thankfully and you know some of them are intriguing um leinster northampton i think I, I think still brings back memories for a lot of us of watching in various different places and kind of having a drink at halftime barely looking up at the second half and all of a sudden leinster were back in and ahead but this isn't the same northampton team really but you know they lost at home um to bordeaux i think it was it was last week but leinster's win against you know uh to go to Montpellier they're top of the pool they're the biggest win of of the week in that pool and went and won away from home against a really really good French team while just casually leaving after internationals on the bench this week they're going to bring in Harry Burner you've been calling for for a while instead of his brother yeah. Ross uh you know Gary Ringrose casually comes back into <laughs> into the team and I, do you know what I was actually thinking is like just looking at Jimmy O'Brien's performance last week and seeing him, Harry Byrne, um, you know, obviously we've all seen a lot of Hugo Keenan recently, but he's still a very young and new player. And Ryan Bird, all named in a first team for a big Champions Cup week. And you're just thinking, this is just such a conveyor belt, isn't it? Like in two years' time, we might not even know the name of the next five or six lads that are going to come through onto this team. Well, that's exactly what Leo Collin has been building, hasn't it, over the last number of seasons um i probably disagree with you and you know when you said about montpellier being a, a really good friend side i don't think they are at the minute um they've lost a few players of a they seem to be this this team that sign players that are on their way out of their career you know their, their best years are behind them somebody like you know bismarck duplessis you know who is just unbelievable for south africa he seems to be on his way out and you know with that type of player comes inconsistency. You know, they, they go away to Claremont, they, they beat Claremont at Claremont, which is very rarely done. And then, you know, the previous week, uh, you know, the, the results haven't been great since the, the, the start of the top 14. So, yeah, I'm not sure how much you can take out of that game last week. And I'm not sure how much you're going to be able to take out of the game tomorrow because Northampton, I think, was a 33-point handicap, you know, for, for even money, roughly, on, on the spread in this game. Leinster are one to forty, you know, to win the match. So the the bookies uh, and the odds tell you absolutely everything that it should be forty or fifty points. Northampton haven't won a game in ages. They're on a losing streak, but you know, setting all different records. So unfortunately for them, they're coming up against one of Europeans' best, and uh, it's great to see some of the names. Um, that's being put out on the team sheet for Leinster and given opportunity at, at a higher level than the Pro 14. For sure, it'll be interesting. <laughs> you mentioned the, the Duplessis, actually. I, I think he's our age, actually, Stephen, so maybe maybe that is a good point. <laughs> <laughs> My age rather than your age. I think I've got a year. <laughs> <as> well, <yeah. laughs> he's on his way out then. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he's still in, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the uh, probably more intriguing as a contest anyway. I mean, there's definitely a lot to watch in some of the Leinster young guys and how they perform and Ring Rose's return and everything like that. But as a contest, it's hard to know whether Gloucester will give Ulster. Um, you know, they're at home, so you would expect a little bit better performance and a little bit more. 
I don't know whether they will like, whether whether it's going to be more of a stronger team than what like fifty five ten they lost to Leon conceded eight tries. Ulster on the other hand, you know they also lost uh, um, away or a home game to um, to a French team, but you know a very very different story. Like I don't know, I I, I would watching that game on fr- last Friday night, I would have been really proud to be an Ulster fan. I just thought yeah. that they kind of gave it everything, and I think that's the best you can ask for. And sometimes you're going to lose those games. Yeah, you're going to lose those games, and I fancied Ulster to, to win the match. They put themselves in a really good position. I thought, you know, their mall was particularly good. Rob Herring getting over for a couple of tries, and um, once Ulster seemed to get ahead and get momentum, then Toulouse just, you know, strike, strike back straight away, um, and. Yeah, Ulster just never was able to get away from them. And then come the end, of course, you know, a bit of magic from the ankle breaker that is Cheslin Colby. Uh, you know, a brilliant individual try, the chip and chase for the first one. Uh, Dupont was uh, was exceptional also. And then for that sidestep, it was reminiscent of the, the quarterfinal um, last season against Toulouse uh, when Colby stepped inside Jacob Stockdale to score yet again. So I think... No, I think it was a really good match. Consider, like the weather conditions were awful. Yeah. Um, it was stop start at times, but both teams tried to play rugby, um, and that was a real positive to take out of it. It's amazing, though, isn't it, that you know if Ulster hadn't got a point out of that game, you would almost say that their European Cup is over after one game, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is the way it's going to go because of the short uh, four games in, in in the opening. What what is it? The opening two rounds really so yeah it's it's two groups a and b 12 teams in each and then each team has uh, has four games and it's you know the top four in each each pool make it through to the quarterfinals so it's going to be extremely tough it's a little bit complicated as we're all aware there's different teams just all over the place but also have got one goal this weekend and that's to try and go to gloucester and get five points if they can go over there and get five points it'll tee them up nicely um with a, a, a home game to come against gloucester in january yeah, and you got Billy Burns back from that one as well. It's far from still a full-strength team, but it's starting to kind of look a little bit more like it, and getting your number 10 back um, from injury is definitely one way to do it. Um, and even to have, I noticed, like, Madigan wasn't even replaced. It's not even necessarily a massive step up in one sense, but it's to have that person who can come on after 60 minutes and kind of lift it as well, if needs be, makes a, a, a really big difference. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's you're kind of almost angry at looking at a team like Gloucester, and the tradition they have and remembering the monster miracle matches and everything like that to see them kind of like, you know, sheepishly turn up to a European game like they did last week and put on that kind of performance. It's, Oh, I don't know what's going on. Like, um, I think Gloucester have Exeter away and then, uh, seal at home in the Gallagher premiership. I think they're currently, you know, sitting mid table in the Gallagher premiership and, all their focus and energy. There's so much money in that competition to make sure that they do well. And I think, you know, the coaches aren't in, in the premiership. They're not really judged on the European Cup. Like, mm. and I don't know why. They only seem to be judged on what they achieve in the Gallagher premiership. So, yeah, they're away to Exeter, as I said, and then home to Seal. So maybe they're, they're just, you know, they obviously got a bit of a tonking last week. Um, that's their hopes dashed, really, of getting a, a quarterfinal. Uh, or being in the quarterfinal. Danny Cipriani, he's left the club with immediate effect because of um, what's been put down to personal reasons. Um, the only positive for 
Gloucester is that Marcel Coutier isn't playing for Ulster. He's out. He took a bit of a head knock last week. So with everything that's going around about concussions and everything else, I'm sure that the medical staff took the right approach of removing him from this game. Sam Carter, he's out as well. So Alan O'Connor and David O'Connor, two brothers, starting in the second row for Ulster. So maybe a little, a little bit more, um, would say lightweight, not lightweight, just less experience uh, in there in such a big game, and they need to get a good result. Uh, just looking at the odds here, the handicap on the match, yeah, it's down to six points. It was nine points there uh, yesterday, just but with the teams announced, it's uh, it's six points. But Ulster still big favourites, and they're four to nine to win the match. I would be betting on Ulster to win the match, um, and just with those couple of changes in the Ulster team, I would maybe just stay away from that handicap. All right, good to know, good to know. Um, and then the, the the end of the triple header for Irish rugby fans is uh, another kind of intriguing one, another one that brings back memories of games of years past and Paul O'Connell and Ron Nagara and their twilight years and that glorious performance in Claremont but in the semi-final. But um, Claremont and Munster, like I was, I actually have to say I was happy as a Munster fan last week. I, I, I like they got the job done. They seemed always in control, bar a kind of a maybe a, 10 minute period in the second half that they weathered and that again is is sort of something that's good and then the claremont bristol game i don't know how much of that you saw stevie yeah, but it was just been a fantastic bit, yeah. rugby like i wish every game was like that you know but uh i, I don't know if, if if we should be i i'd imagine we should probably be a little bit more wary of what claremont were doing early in the game rather than the kind of dead rubber uh conceding tries that they were later on yeah possibly i think this connor bristol game is going to be a cracker isn't it yeah. Um, it's uh, it's certainly a game I'm looking forward to. Pat Lamb come back to uh, to Galway, but yeah, like Munster away to Claremont. Claremont have a proud home record, especially in the European Cup. Um, again, looking at the odds yesterday, it just just shows you when the teams are announced uh, that the the handicap sort of shifts ever so slightly. It was nine points yesterday. It's now seven points. So. Munster plus seven. They're the underdogs getting into this match. I definitely don't think that Munster are going to win this match. I think last week as well, you know, not getting that bonus point, you know, 21 mm. points on the scoreboard. Yes, they've they done reasonably well. Harlequins came with a pretty good outfit and they beat them and they beat them reasonably well, but they didn't get that vital point. And Mick, this is what drives me crazy about this, this format this year. If Munster get nothing out of this game away to Claremont, they're more or less not going to make a quarterfinal. Like that's yeah. that's the way it is, and you know your European aspirations could be over after well, as Gloucester seen one game, and as Munster you, you tipped to make a quarter final, it could be over after two games. But do you know what? I fancy Munster to get something out of this game. I'm not going to say that they're going to win, but I think they're going to run them a lot closer than what people think. Everybody sees the Claremont, the him Nani, Nani Williams, uh, you know Matsuyama scoring a, a, a hat trick last week. Um, all these lads playing this free-flowing rugby. I think if Munster can get absolutely stuck into them, make a bit of a dogfight then, um, I'm sure that'll be a lot closer. Um, and, of course, no fans there as well. The Stade Marcel Michelin is, is, is a brilliant venue for European rugby. And a noisy venue at that. I've played there and lost there, so I know what it's all about. So, yeah, Munster, uh, for me, was a plus seven, and uh, a 10 to 11 on the spread is, is probably not too far away, Mick. Okay, so Munster plus seven to get a uh, to get a, a bonus point at least and keep them in the competition. In yeah, as you said, like you've lost there. I think mo- most most people have lost in the in, in that stadium. It's not not the easiest place to go and win. Uh, Connacht Bristol. Then you touched on it. This is Sunday afternoon at, at, at half five. It's a great way to finish 
um finished the weekend's rugby uh pat lamb gone back to galway as you like as you mentioned like it is this more than anything is there's a pity there isn't fans there because there isn't many coaches i think that would go back and get as good a reception as Pat Lamb would in the sports grounds. But uh, alas, it's not to be. But at the same time, Bristol are going to go and play, I presume, uh, their attacking style of rugby, which uh, where they're liable to do anything. And are they in a situation where Connacht could catch them? I think so, like, yeah. Um, uh, just looking at the squad here, the Pat Lamb's names and, you know, Ben Earl, the English sensation, he's starting at seven. Nathan Hughes is starting at number eight. You have Dave Atwood, who's a massive uh, lump of a lad in the second row. Kyle Sinclair, you know, Bram Byrne back into Ireland, uh, except playing for a, a different club. So uh, Colin Sheedy starts at out half. Um, Max Mallins, who's, who's been fantastic as well uh, when he's talked out for England. So, yeah, they're coming over to Galway with a fully loaded team. But you know what? The way that uh, Connor played against uh, Racing 92 last weekend, the style of rugby that they played, through the ball around, yes, Grant, that it's an indoor stadium and there, there isn't the wind blowing off the bay like it does in Galway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a very tight match. Again, yesterday I looked at the at the, the spread; there was only one point in it. Um, so yeah, I, I just fancy, I just fancy Connacht to, to, to do them. Um, and you know, Pat Lamb not to have the return to Galway that he was hoping to have. Um, just yeah, there there have a lot of young players coming through. Mick, there seems to be competition for places. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for a Connacht con victory. As I say, there's there's nothing in the in the handicap really, and yeah. uh, Alton Galan as well, just to give him a bit of a mention. He was exceptional last weekend. I know the Coventry team were raving about him, um, how well he played. So yeah, excited for that one, and it'll end the the weekend of rugby, uh, hopefully on a high for Irish rugby too. Absolutely, yeah, it would be a fantastic way to finish the weekend. Uh, so just to kind of a look, if you're having a kind of a, a little accumulator on Ladbrokes over the course of the weekend, are you going for Leinster to beat the spread against Northampton? Or uh, do you know what? I'd probably stay stay away from that. Um, anybody who sees my, I do a bit of a, a column or um, stuff for for Ladbrokes, and it'll be posted out throughout the weekend. And I actually stayed away from Leinster just because there's there's hardly any odds in it at all. Um, yeah, I, I went for a Connacht win. I went for an Ulster win. Uh, I went for Munster yesterday. It was plus nine, uh, but it probably still edged towards a plus seven. Mm -hmm. And the other one that I did was, let me see, uh, which one was it, Mick? It was, my head's all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah, Wasp, Wasp Montpellier, and I've done a Wasp victory as well. I think okay. the spread on that was plus um, or eight points, minus eight. So yeah, I, went, I just went with a wasp win. So I think on on those three bets plus the monster, uh, plus seven, yeah, yeah. I was working out at around eight to one, Mick. Oh, I like it. Okay, very good. Right. So if you're just having a, a little bet at any stage uh, this weekend, that might be Stevie might be worth following on that uh, around eight to one or so. Of course, if you are having a bet on anything at all over the course of the weekend, please do gamble responsibly and visit dunlouis.net for more information. Stevie, it's going to be a great weekend. Enjoy it. Cheers. You too. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, we'll be back with more build-up, of course, next week. We'll be looking ahead to a massive, busy Premier League uh, fixture list over the weekend, over the Christmas period. And, of course, uh, some of the, the Pro 14 Interpros will be back as well. So we'll talk to Stevie about that. Lots more as well. Talk to you next week.